Hi, I'm Tim Cosgrove, President and General Manager at CMA's Colonial Honda. We know the last few months have been, to say the least, a learning curve. From teaching your kids at home, to figuring out video conferences, or even remembering the right way to go down aisles. We had a lot to learn, and our dealership did too. After all, our goal has always been to make the car buying process easy for our customers. So when we couldn't serve you in person, we found a different solution. CMA's Easy Purchase. It's simple. All you have to do is head to CMA's ColonialHonda.com, select your vehicle, secure your financing, value your trade-in, and select the delivery location. And don't worry, we're always here to answer questions. If you'd like to complete it all online and you're not sure about something, give us a call and we can virtually walk you through it. Or you can take any of these steps in the dealership if that's more comfortable for you. CMA's Colonial Honda. Owners just do more. Visit CMA's ColonialHonda.com. Hear ye, hear ye. It's time for the Sports King Show, live on Sports 106.1. The show with scores, interviews, the hottest topics, and the biggest sports stories of the day. It's the show where you'll hear from the players that make the plays, as well as the key coaches and personnel who make it happen. All of this and live phone calls from you, the Sports King Nation. Now, direct from his castle, located in an undisclosed location in the capital city of Richmond, Virginia, let's welcome to the throne, His Highness, Jamie King, the Sports King, on Sports 1061. Good morning, everyone. Thursday morning on the Sports King Show. We want to thank Big Al. B-A-C, Big Al Coleman, the sports phone, 8 to 10. What a great job they do, of course, with Ben Maitland, who jumps over the glass immediately following and joins me doing double duty. We thank him as we always do. And we want to thank you, Facebook Live, Sports 1061. Have a big show today. Coming up shortly, it's going to be NFL insider Cole Thompson. We're going to talk about all the players opting out. It looks like more and more as the days go on. What is your team going to look like? You won't really know as more and more players are making that decision. Should I stay or should I go? Is the risk worth the reward? That is the big question in NFL circles and pretty much in all sports right now, the risk-reward situation. Hour two will be joined by Tim Cosgrove. Of course, Tim Cosgrove, president GM of CMA Colonial Honda. We're going to go through all of that, plus the NBA is kicking off or bouncing off tonight, if you will, and we're expo- excited about that. We'll talk about that, and we're going to talk about the situation with the Dodgers' Joe Kelly. I've got some thoughts about that as well, but we're going to start off thanking our sponsors, for which we cannot do the show without. We want to thank the Nerve Company, Never Underestimate Radical Vision. You can reach CEO Andrew Fisher and his outstanding team listening this morning in Denver, Colorado, very early Hello, Denver, Colorado. Good morning. You can go and learn more about them at www.thinkoutsidethewebsite.com. They do graphics. They do website design, marketing plans. They do it all, and they do it at www.thinkoutsidethewebsite.com. And by the aforementioned CMA Colonial Honda, they continue to keep lives moving forward. Go out and see for yourself. New cars, used cars, an amazing selection, which can be delivered directly to your door if you want them to. President and General Manager Tim Cosgrove has the best car selling team in the country, and they will make it happen for you every single time at CMA Colonial Honda. And our great friend, Dr. Paul Ross, in the podiatry centers, if you have a foot problem of any kind, 
Dr. Ross and his outstanding staff will get you on the road to recovery with offices in Springfield, Virginia, and Bethesda, Maryland. Join the over 180,000 people, of which I'm one, and that have been seen by the best in the business, Dr. Paul Ross, in the podiatry centers. The Sports King Show features the Ross Rules of Foot Care, which is heard weekly here to help those in need of foot care advice and assistance. And don't look now, but it's the return of the Joe Mowgli Report. Our great friend Joe Mowgli uh, brought to you exclusively by the outstanding folks at Coastal Carolina University, the Chanticleers. Listen to the current chairman of TD Ameritrade, who offers insight on life, finance, and sports. Heard weekly here exclusively on the Sports King Show. It's the return of the Joe Moglia Report. So starting the show this morning, uh, saw with great interest yesterday that Notre Dame, of course, always wants to go it alone. But they're saying, and this is from their athletic director, Jack Swarbrick, that the program's partnership uh, will now be going forward in 2020 with the ACC. So Notre Dame goes to the ACC, which is, he's saying, Schwarbrick, that it's an unusual circumstance unrelated to Notre Dame's long-term assessment of independence. So much for independence. They're going to team up with the ACC if there is a college football season. And once again, circle the word if and underline it and uh, look at it uh, every way you want because I don't see it happening now. But if the ACC were to play on as they may, it would be Notre Dame and the ACC, which wouldn't be a bad look because you can almost envision the emergence, of course, North Carolina. You can't discount them. There are other teams out there that are looking good as well. But you could almost see down the road that there would be a Notre Dame-Clemson-type finale in the offing, they could shape up that way or shake down that way, if you will. We don't know for sure, but that's something to think about down the road. If it were to happen, uh, the Fighting Irish will be eligible for the ACC championship game if this all gets approved. And, of course, Notre Dame is long hung on to their independence, and this is a decision that has been made basically because of the fact that they're looking to team up with somebody, get somewhere, have some games, and uh, Swarbrick uh, kept talking about how unprecedented it was, what an extraordinary year it is, and they understand that going in. And he said to have a great schedule, you have to have great competition, and this was something that they had to do, and they were kind of in a position where, hey, we're going to join the ACC, we're going to make this happen. Uh, For the Irish, they added Florida State, Boston College, Pittsburgh, and North Carolina. Currently, Notre Dame has non-conference games scheduled against Arkansas, Navy, and Western Michigan, only the Navy game is on the road and is tentatively scheduled for September 5th after having been moved from Ireland where it was originally scheduled to be. Notre Dame is still evaluating its non-ACC opponents and expected to announce a complete schedule in near future as conferences across the country have continuously tried to figure out their next move in the midst of the coronavirus pandemic. Swarbrick said he and the ACC Commissioner John Swafford have been discussing possible scenarios over a series of weeks and describe it as an evolving conversation. So Notre Dame looking for some paydays, looking for a schedule, and it makes sense on the surface. So you wonder, with Swarbrick saying, hey, we're going to go test the waters with the ACC, will this be a long-term play, a short-term play? Everybody knows Notre Dame knows they love to go it alone. They love to be uh, the renegade in the room and do their own thing their own way. It would be kind of nice to see Notre Dame move 
towards an ACC competition level, I think it would definitely help the conference, and I think it would be something to be good for all parties. But Notre Dame, being Notre Dame, may just do a one-and-done situation because of the pandemic situation. We don't know, but that's what we're kind of looking at there. Love to hear from you today, 804-327-0888. Coming up momentarily, he is Cole Thompson, our NFL insider. You can follow him at Mr. Cole Thompson. And, of course, uh, he writes for the Pro Football Network. He also covers the Texas A&M Aggies down in Texas. He'll be joining us momentarily to give his insight on the NFL, all things NFL, as more and more players opting out. I'm getting calls in Texas from people from all over the country. Hey, what about my guy on the Giants or my guy on the Cardinals or my guy in Philly. And, you know, to be honest with you, this is so fast and fluid every day. Your roster could be uh, definitely changing based on the fact that some guys just say, hey, I'm not going to do it. So we now go down to Texas and bring in our NFL insider, Cole Thompson. Cole, I know you're watching this with as much excitement and uh, disbelief as I am because it's not a matter of what team you support. It's going to be a matter of who's actually going to show up and play, and uh, this has got to be odd for you to watch this unfold as well. I don't want to say it's odd because of this is something that we've started to see in sports in general. I mean, you look back at the MLB, players like Buster Posey are sitting out. Uh, you look at the, uh, the NBA, players are missing time there due to COVID. So it's not an uncommon precedent at this point, but it is because of football a sport that is more globally recognized or at least more Americanly traditionalized here, seeing these players sit out is a little bit different than I think anywhere else. The biggest thing that I think for this right now is seeing how this will affect rosters when it comes down to 80-man rosters, but more importantly, how this will affect practice squads and how they go about signing players who could decide during midseason to say, at this point, I'm going to step away for the remainder of the year. Were you surprised in any way, shape, or form? Joey Bosa got the extension, $135 million, including the $102 million guaranteed, surpassing the five-year 125 that uh, Cleveland's Miles Garrett received two weeks ago. And when you look at Bosa, they love the kid. They think his upside's there, and he's going to do great things for a long time. Was this a surprise to you? I know it's what the market bears, but I didn't know if they were going to go all in on him. Obviously, they feel that he's the guy there for the – Next 10 years plus, your thoughts on this deal and what it says for uh, the feelings from the Chargers for Bosa? You know, for me, this is a great deal. I think this is a deal that had to get done. I think that Bosa has certainly earned it. Keep in mind that in the four years he's played, he's finished with double-digit sacks in every season except for 2018, where he only played in seven games. So even at that point, he still had, I think, five and a half, six sacks that year. So you're looking at the production of a pass rusher, and this is what you want. With the defense probably being the bread and butter of Los Angeles right now, going into a brand-new stadium, into a new facility, really kind of starting fresh with a new era as the Justin Herbert train and the Justin Herbert hype kind of comes together. The defense is going to be the reason why this team contends in 2020. You want to treat those defensive players as best as possible. Uh, I think a lot of people knew that he was going to be someone who has been in the past uh, not troubling, but someone who has made it clear, I want to get paid, and if I don't get paid, I will miss out. I remember when we talked about Joe Buss actually missing time during his rookie season because he hadn't signed his rookie contract because they were disputing numbers there. This is a player who I think has earned the right to be a $100 million man in the NFL and definitely will be a factor for that defense moving forward. When you look at the Chargers as a whole, you've got Phillip Rivers. He's been jettisoned off. Now you have Tyrod Taylor 
possibly as a starter. They're looking at him as a starter. They were disappointing last year, five and eleven. Now you got Justin Herbert, you know, waiting off in the wings, and of course he doesn't have the complement of preseason games to maybe overtake Taylor as a starter and show that he's the you know ready to play at the NFL level. So you start with Tyrod Taylor. How do you feel about that quarterback room uh, in terms of the Chargers? You know, with the Chargers right now, I think that it's just you're going to have to go run with the punches. You know that Justin Herbert, as talented as the quarterback prospect he is, is still an incomplete product. He kind of regressed a little bit, I think, in 2019 versus his 2018 season. But Tyrod Taylor is a veteran presence who's been inside multiple NFL locker rooms and has had success, especially in an Anthony Lynn run offense. So I think when you add that together, it makes the Chargers a competent team. Now, again, you have to hope that the run game is solid. Uh, the offensive line, I think, definitely improved this offseason with the additions of Trey Turner, Brian Balaga, and hopefully Trey Timkins can figure it out on the left side of the tackle position. So I think that right now, this is going to be the best situation that that Los Angeles could hope for. And I think going with Taylor to start the year because of COVID without a lot of training camp, without a lot of of time, this could be a make-or-break season to see where we are with Justin Herbert. But overall, I think having Taylor, a person who is very well-known with Lynn's offense, kind of being the man in charge right now is not a bad fit. When you look at the fallout from the opt-out situation, you've got uh, so many players from the New England Patriots falling by the wayside, the loss, of course, of Tom Brady, there's no Gronkowski there. Then you find out earlier this week, Dante Hightower, a captain, a guy that's being counted on as a linebacker, says, I'm not going to play, I'm opting out. Then Eugene Chung from the secondary. They've taken some major hits. Uh, Do you look in terms of so far the team that has hurt the most uh, overall through the opt-out process has been New England? I feel like right now they have. uh, I mean, just when you look at the big-time names, Dante Hightower, Patrick Chung, uh, you look at, uh, I'm trying to, I'm, I'm forgetting a lot. Marcus Cannon. Those are three starters that you have to kind of already replace with an already weak wide receiver core, with an already rebuilding linebacker core, and with an already uh, lesser known options at tackles. I mean, they did draft Yanni Kajus out of West Virginia in the third round last year. So maybe we could see him kind of slide into that right tackle role. But if he struggles, you're also putting a Cam Newton who's coming off of multiple shoulder surgery behind that offensive line. If that offensive line cannot hold, and that includes also if they trade away Joe Tooney, who was signed to a franchise tag deal earlier this offseason, if that offensive line cannot hold, you have no option at quarterback. You have no one he's going to be able to throw to. And you're going to rely so much on your run game that you're going to deplete the production of James White and Sony Michelle, and more than likely Damian Harris as well. I think that while New England still is a contender, even with these injuries and even with these players sitting out, they definitely have hurt their stock a little bit more, which is probably a good thing if you're a Buffalo fan, because Buffalo still has not had a single player step away from the game. Our special guest this morning, NFL insider Cole Thompson. You can follow Cole at Mr. Cole Thompson. That's his handle there. He writes for the NFL uh, Network as well as covers Texas A&M Aggies in college. He does it all. I wanted to ask you about the report coming out of Tennessee 
there has been no sighting of linebacker Vic Beasley in the early stages so far. We know it's still early. He's yet to appear at the facility. He has not even been in contact with the Titans. That's kind of bizarre uh, early on, but evidently so far, no sighting of Beasley is, is all is basically they've been gonna, undergoing the testing starting Wednesday. They're going to test again today and Friday. They must pass uh, and have three negatives on their testing before they're allowed to be uh, admitted in the facility. When you look at a Beasley situation, they signed him to a one-year deal, $9.5 million. They're counting on him. He turns 28 this month. Have you heard anything you expect him to show, and, and how do you think he's going to fit in that Tennessee defense? I think you got to put him in as a reserve pass rusher. I mean, a third, a third pass rusher at this point. Minus that one year in 2016 where he led the NFL in sacks, he's been very underwhelming since his time coming out of Clemson. You know, what's really funny that I actually read about earlier today, this is not the first time a Clemson pass rusher has missed out on showing up to training camp, as everyone remembers very well. Former second-round pick Kevin Dodd actually also stepped away from training camp uh, right before his third year, if I'm not mistaken. He just was kind of done with it. So I haven't heard anything about where he is right now. This could just be a prolonged test because of COVID. This could be him put on the COVID list uh, without teams wanting to, you know, relay that information. But overall, I do expect him to play at some point this year or expect him to opt out. I don't see him just not showing up to camp without a valid reason. So I do believe at some point in the next few days, we will find out an answer of, is he opting out because of COVID? Is he sick? Is something going on? Or is he will be releasing the team a one-year $6.5 million deal while it does hurt John Robinson, but at the same time, you're not going to pay someone who's not going to play at all. Let's uh, turn our attention to Charm City, Baltimore. Training camp has started. Lamar Jackson has been basically not begging, but asking in a big way to say, hey, we have room here. We need him. Let's bring in Antonio Brown. I've worked out with him, the Mercurial All-Pro wide receiver, and Jackson is really going to management saying, I'm vouching for this guy. We need him. We want him. He can help us win. Do you see this as a potential fit? And do you think Harbaugh and company want A.B. in there in Charm City? Or do you think it's something that will just kind of fall by the wayside? I see it as a fit for sure. I mean, you look at what Jackson has been working with and you look at what Harbaugh's worked with in the past. I mean, you have now Hollywood Brown, who is A.B.'s cousin as the Z receiver. You now have Jackson coming off of his best year. You have Harbaugh, who is not afraid of you know taking risks to go get that victory. The biggest thing is I don't see Antonio Brown being on a roster until we start seeing roster cuts, injuries, or now with this included, COVID testing becoming a more popular thing with outbreaks and players having to go on that list. I see Antonio Brown getting a phone call from the um, Ravens no earlier than I would say week one of this season. I think that's when you start looking at what we need help with, what we need. You have to remember they still have multiple options with Devin DuVernay, James Proach coming out of SMU from the draft. I think that there's a big breakout year for Miles Boykin ahead. They still have Willie Sneed. Uh, they have weapons right now in Baltimore. Now, if one of them gets injured, if one of them is put on the COVID list, one of them happens there, I could see AB immediately signing with this team. But right now, I just see this as an afterthought of, okay, we want him. We know he's talented. We know he could help, but let's look at our, you know, let's look at what we have before we go out and sign someone. I don't know if you saw this or not, but uh, of course they've come out with the top 100 player list. Of course, this is done by the players 
And Patrick Mahomes has been ranked by his own peers, a number four overall. Of course, Lamar Jackson gets the number one a slot. Of course, you got Aaron Donald, and uh, you're looking at some guys in there, Russell Wilson, Aaron Donald, and then Patrick Mahomes. I think this is absolute uh, ludicrousy in terms of the overall look at this. I think Mahomes, to me, is the best player in the league. Your take on this, I know it's subjective, and I know a lot of the players, maybe some bitterness or something, I don't know. But when you look at all the things Jackson did, he had a great year, uh, exceptional year. But when you look at the individual things, that's one thing. But when you look at the best overall player, I think it's Patrick Mahomes. Well, what I started to notice about this list is that what they do is they list them based off of year-by-year rankings. And I will say that the most electrifying player in the NFL this past offseason or this past season was Lamar Jackson. He literally broke a rushing tile that was held by Michael Vick. He led the NFL in touchdown passes. He did it all, and that was not bad for a running back, as he likes to say. But more importantly, if we're looking at just the best player in the NFL, I'm not sure Jackson even comes in that top 10 category just yet. One sound year of production does not make up for the first couple of struggles that he's already shown, his, his playoff inaccuracy. Overall, I still look at Patrick Mahomes and he is the number one quarterback in the NFL. But he would actually come in as number two on my list because Aaron Donald still, to me, is the top player in the NFL. His ability to blitz from the, from the edge, to be able to win as a bull rusher internally, for him to be able to be as productive against the run as a double-digit stack leader as well. There's just so many little details that make Aaron Donald such a dominant force for the Los Angeles Rams that I have to put him number one. But, of course, everyone else will have different opinions, and he came in at number three. Uh, but I do think that if we're talking just quarterback, it's Patrick Mahomes, Russell Wilson, number two, and then we have that conversation three through five where probably Lamar Jackson falls in that list. When you look at other players opting out, and I look at the Giants situation, Nate Solder has opted out of the 2020 NFL season. This is a big loss for the G-men as he's a tackle that's going to be counted on for protecting, of course, and uh, in a myriad of ways. I mean, this guy is definitely a game player. You want to have him in the lineup, but he has uh, family concerns, including his son's battle with cancer and his own battle with cancer. He has a newborn son, and basically his son Hudson, five years old, was diagnosed with a rare Wilms tumor in both kidneys at a young age. He missed practices at times last year to be with his son. He's 32 years of age, also a cancer survivor. He was diagnosed with testicular cancer during a routine physical back in 2014. So an amazing loss for the G-men, but it's got to be done. I mean, this situation with the family history and everything, uh, what do they do? Uh, I'm certainly behind the Solder uh, family for doing this. I think it was a great call just to protect everybody. He signed a four-year, $64 million deal with the Giants in 2018. He was set to earn $13 million uh, and count $19 million against the cap this year. When you look at his talent, what do you do now? I know they talked about Cameron Fleming as a free agent signee, that type of thing. But this is a major drop-off and a major concern, I have to think, for the Giants on the offensive line. You know, but I don't know what you do because if you have to go out and you have to find someone who's you know available, you either have to trade for someone right now or you have to just go with what you have on the roster. I look at this, and while I do think Solder has taken a couple steps back from his days, in New England, especially last year, I thought he really regressed from age 30 to age 31. That offensive line is going to be very important. And while I do think the interior of the offensive line with Will Hernandez and Kevin Zeitler is very promising in New York, their tackle situation is rough. 
Now, naturally, luckily, they went out and they drafted Andrew Thomas with the fourth overall pick. He's expected to slide into that left tackle position now instead of playing the right side. Now you have to go out and maybe make a trade for someone who could be a swing tackle, maybe someone who could be a, a player that you could get for a seventh-round pick. Maybe you look at someone who gets cut in, in after training camp. This could all come into you know factors a little bit down the line. But, again, I look at some of these situations, and there's a lot of players out there who have different opinions of why they're sitting out. But if there's anyone for family, like like Solder, like Marquise Goodwin, he is a fantastic reason to be sitting out right now. All of those type of players sitting out need the support of the NFL, the NFLPA, and their own peers because they're electing to put their family's health and their family lives before their playing lives. We're going to take a time out, come back with Cole Thompson. We're going to find out his thoughts as training camps are underway does he think it's going to happen this year in the NFL? And he also covers Texas A&M. We're going to find out about the NCAA and college football from our NFL insider, Cole Thompson, as the Sports King rolls on Thursday morning. Hi, this is Mark Mosley of the Washington Redskins, NFL MVP in 1982. You're listening to my friend Jamie King, the Sports King on Sports 106.1. Looking for a top-tier university that is affordable? Coastal Carolina University offers more than 100 undergraduate and graduate programs designed to help you earn your degree. Visit coastal.edu and learn more about the coastal commitment to student learning and student-led research. Coastal Carolina University is consistently ranked as a top best value university in the South. Visit coastal.edu to learn more and schedule your campus tour. Welcome back. You're listening to a man who is cooler than the other side of the pillow. It's the Sports King on Sports 1061. And welcome back, everyone. Thursday morning, and we're headed down south to rejoin our conversation with Cole Thompson. You can follow him at Mr. Cole Thompson. He writes for the Pro Football Network. He also covers the Texas A&M Aggies. He's an NFL insider for the Sports King Show, and he does a great job. If you've been following the NFL, of course, they have something called the IDER plan, I-D-E-R, which stands for Infectious Disease Emergency Response. And each of the 32 teams had to submit one for approval from the league to the NFLPA. As of Monday night, the NFLPA had approved 25 of the 32 overall plans, so it's still fluid as it goes. When you look at this situation, there are so many facets to it, how they handle packages coming in and out of the building, who's authorized to receive the packages, who's authorized to handle them, which rooms they go to, uh, just on and on. And, of course, what type of supplies are using to clean and disinfect the facility? The union wants to know whether teams are using hospital-grade disinfectants and personal protective equipment, changes to the team in terms of their HVAC systems. They have to upgrade the filters continually. Specific ways are following the FDA in terms of preparation and handling of food. Uh, one way the NF NFLPA has been describing its mission in reviewing the IDER plan is that they have to make sure we can get guys out to eat lunch safely. So all of the things are underway. All of them are fluid. All of them are changing. Of course, they're doing all kinds. As soon as you walk to any facility in the NFL, you always see the maintain proper social distancing, wear a face mask. Everybody has to do it. And players are getting tested continually day after day after day. As we rejoin our conversation with Cole, do you see – and I've gone on record on the show here saying the NBA bubble effect, I think, is the best, most sustainable way to have long-term success. When you look at this situation with the NFL, they're trying to do the right thing. 
keeping guys there. But my problem isn't why the guys are in the building. It's when they clock out and go home and what they do once they leave the facility. That's where the problem lies because then they got to come back the next day and you have the chance of infecting or having met somebody that could bring it back in the building. So what's your take in terms of the way it is set up now? Do you see this built for long-term success or do you see a lot of flaws and do you think it's going to be a potential Miami Marlins situation uh, in the future? I think since the Miami Marlins situation, we have to start having that conversation in every sport of going to a bubble situation. Now, that does not mean where players have to be traveling down in Miami, uh, down in Orlando like they are in Disney with the NBA, but they do have to be kind of quarantined. I think that this is a conversation that's going to be a big thing. I think once you see those numbers rise, if they do not want to cancel a season they're going to have to look into hotels. They're going to have to look into facilities. They're going to have to look into complexes that can hold an entire team and staff members to be there consistently for the next several months. That is just a possibility that could happen. Miami Marlins thing, I think, really brought the attention to a lot of people that this conversation is real. And even with players following protocols, staying safe, you know, making sure that they are double washing their hands, getting tested on the daily basis, they're still coming into contact with it. And the only way that we can guarantee that there will not be contact with it is somewhat of a bubble transformation. I mean, Dr. Fauci isn't wrong by saying that the bubble system does work. However, at the same time, it's a lot harder to make it work for the NFL where you have over 3,000 employees trying to make it all together on a football field. When you look at the situation that is brewing in Detroit, they placed Pro Bowl receiver Kenny Galladay and tight end TJ Hawkinson, last year's first-round pick, on the COVID-19 reserve list on Wednesday, a day after the team reported. So you've got those situations there, uh, and there were t- five total players that they've placed on the COVID-19 list. Galladay led the NFL with 11 touchdown receptions last season, is entering the final year of his contract. Hawkinson was taken with the number eight overall pick last year. When you look at this happening with Detroit, and you hope this is going to be isolated. What are you hearing? I know they're talking about the 14-day quarantine and so forth, uh, but how do you see this? I know the daily testing is one thing, but don't you feel that daily result situation has got to be sped up somehow to have any kind of chance in terms of the NFL succeeding? Because it seems like it's going to take 24, 48, or 96 hours, however long it may take. It's going to be really precarious unless they get that instant test and instant result situation where guys can find out relatively quickly to get back on the practice field. Yeah, I just see this as a situation where we're just going to have to kind of play it out. I think that once we started to see this kind of happen during the regular season, maybe more so towards the end of training camp, where we need to see if players can come back healthy, can test negatively that much faster. I see that probably being a factor, but right now, you know, you're still just having the start of training camp. If you have to miss out with players such as Hawkinson, such as Galladay, such as a guy who's going to another contract here like uh, Gerard Davis, if they have to miss out for 14 days but then can make sure that they'll be able to play a full 16-game season and have not infected anybody, then I think at that point it's kind of worth it. Now, once we get closer to the season, again, I think that you could start to see some names start rambling around of maybe a 48-hour period, maybe a 96-hour period, maybe a 100-hour, 120-hour period, whatever you want to say. I think that all of those could definitely be factors when the regular season begins. But as of right now, I don't see a problem with them doing the 14-day thing. Cole Thompson does double duty. He covers the NFL, also college football. 
And I had a coach call the other night, the former coach of the Dallas Cowboys, uh, position, positional coach, and he said, Coach, I, I don't think there's going to be an NFL season. He went on and told me why. He just doesn't see it in the cards. And I asked him about college football, and he said, I definitely don't see that. You cover college football. You cover the Texas A&M Aggies. What are you hearing at a college station? Are you optimistic? Are you less optimistic? Where are you right now as we head towards August? Same. I've been on this conversation every time we've had it. 50-50. I think that right now the ramifications and the stuff that is going down inside of the SEC specifically with Greg Sankey leads us to believe that there will be a college football season. Now with the ACC yesterday coming out, but they're all – 10-game conference games plus the one non-conference game this year and the inclusion of Notre Dame for the upcoming season, that gives us hope that at least in the SEC minds, there will be something very similar. They'll keep one of those non-conference games, whatever it will be. For A&M, it will have to be either Fresno State, uh, North Texas, or Abilene Christian. But then they play 10 conference opponents instead to make up for those other games. So, I think that when you see the ACC and the SEC moving in a progressively still acclimated way of having college football, even without fans in the stands, it's definitely going to hurt the program. But I do think that that leads us to believe that there will be college football this year. However, any single testing, any massive outbreak, anything that's Miami Marlins like situation, very close to it, any of that that happens, I have to believe at this point we are going to see college football be completely shut down. I don't think the NFL will shut down this year. I think that most will see it be a shorter season, a 12-game season. But the college football games, 100%, I can see it shutting down. You know what? I sadly agree with you. I think that college football, I don't see a sustainable way forward. I see certain leagues saying we will, certain leagues say we won't, and nobody's on the same page. Bud Foster, the outstanding former defensive coordinator of Virginia Tech Hokies, on the show last week, we talked about Mac Brown's idea about a commissioner for college football. He liked it. I like it as well. I think somebody outside the NCAA should kind of at least try to rein everybody in and say, let's all move forward together or let's all stay out together. But it seems right now it's so disjointed. Are you in favor of a commissioner for college football? No, I'm not. Um I am very much in favor of the college football playoff committee having a more expanded role uh, with more of the NCAA to kind of help with the processing of moments such as these, but I'm not for a commissioner. I think that a commissioner of college football for the NCAA is more so regulated for a chancellor. You would need that for every pro sport. I think that when you look at this, the NBA has a commissioner because it's just the NBA. The NFL has a commissioner because it's just the NFL, but the NCAA has over 27 different sports. And while college football might be the most prominent sport out there, it's not the one that everyone is always flocking to. So at this point, you need a, you need a commissioner for college football. You'd also need a commissioner for college basketball. Would that commissioner also be the college basketball for women's side? You need a commissioner for baseball. Does, is, does that person take over as the commissioner for softball? I think that there's too much involved there. So in this case, for college football purposes, I think the college football playoff committee could have a more expanded role into helping with this. So you could say something along the lines of, if you do not play a certain number of games this year, you will not qualify for the college football playoff. But I do not think a commissioner needs to be involved moving forward with this. 
Final question for you, Cole Thompson. You can follow him at Mr. Cole Thompson, writes for the Pro Football Network. It covers the Texas A&M Aggies. We are receiving so many calls, texts, and uh, online requests uh, in terms of what can we tell people about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And, of course, following this team and the fact that they're going to be selling out, and, of course, we think they're going to have an explosive red zone offense. What are your thoughts on this Buccaneer squad? Of course, you have Gronkowski, you have Mike Evans, you have Godwin, you have all these different uh, weapons, and they seem to be getting better and better and more cohesive, and Brady's bringing them together. Playoff team in 2020, if we have the season, do you think beyond playoff team, can they run the table? Uh, are the fans just too hyped down there thinking it's going to happen? Or is this this year's Cleveland Brown? I mean, you expect great things out of Brady, of course, but do you think they have enough there weaponry-wise to – make the ascension to a Super Bowl run? No. Um, to me, this is a 10-16. and 16. I think that they are a very sound team, and they are a playoff team. I think when you look at them also adding that seventh seed, it really helps out and it plays in their favor. So I really like the additions of Chris Godwin. I really like the additions of Rob Gronkowski. I really like everything that they've done. I love their draft class. I thought Antoine Woodfield was the best safety in the class, and to get him in the second round was a steal. For an improving secondary, uh, I really like the addition of Tristan Worst. They need a right tackle. He is a prime right tackle. So, again, good fit. My biggest concern is can Tom Brady still play at a high level? Because of with a limited run game that they have, which he's had in New England that was a lot better, with a defense that still has some holes, and you're hoping that these players – like Sean Murphy Bunting and Jamal Dean are not just one-year wonders and they actually continue to improve in 2020. Uh, I think that all this kind of comes down to Brady and can he be that same player? Can he be that, not MVP, but at least high-quality and game-managing starter? And more importantly, you're playing in a division with Matt Ryan and an explosive Atlanta offense in a New Orleans offense that only got better with the additions of Emmanuel Sanders this offseason. And a more improved offensive line with Cesar Ruiz now taking over for Larry Walker. I think that it's still New Orleans division for one more year, but I do think that Tampa Bay is a playoff contender at 10 and six. That is the best I can see them getting right now. You know, it's funny you say that because last year with Jameis Winston and they were in a bunch of games, they could have won easily, but uh, him throwing 30 touchdowns versus 30 interceptions, you would just think, that dramatically improvement would happen based on the fact that Brady's going to protect the football, going to definitely capitalize with that offense and do some big things. We certainly uh, look at that 10-6. to six. That's around the number. I thought maybe 11 wins. So I'm right there with you. And we want to thank you once again, Cole Thompson. You can follow him at Mr. Cole Thompson. He writes for the Pro Football Network. He also covers the Texas A&M Aggies. He's an our NFL insider. Cole, have a great weekend ahead. And thank you again for joining us this morning with all your great insight on the NFL and college football. Thanks guys for having me. Cole Thompson, we're going to take a timeout, come back, and get uh, some of the top sports news of the day. We've got some breaking news on this Joe Kelly situation. You are definitely going to want to hear this. This is bizarre what happened in Los Angeles and Houston, that deal there. we got some cuts for you and much, much more as the Sports King rolls on Thursday morning. Hi, sports fans. This is National High School Recruiting Football Expert Tom Lemming. You may have seen me in the movie The Blind Side. You are listening to a guy I've given the five-star rating to. It's Jamie King, the Sports King on Sports 106.1. Sports King Nation, want to take part in the show? Here's your chance to call the studio line. 804-327-0888. That's 804-327-0888. 
And welcome back, everyone, Thursday morning on the Sports King Show. We thank you for joining us, Facebook Live and Sports 106.1. And, folks, you talk about uh, ridiculous. This situation with Major League Baseball and Los Angeles Dodgers reliever Joe Kelly, I know they wanted to prove a point, and they should have done this before the season started. They had plenty of time to come up with something about don't leave the bench area, and if you guys start a brawl or do anything like that, there will be major repercussions, but basically it kind of didn't come out. So now it has. Los Angeles Dodgers reliever Joe Kelly was handed an eight-game suspension by Major League Baseball. This is the same Joe Kelly, folks, that if you watch Joe Kelly on a YouTube posting, his wife made fun of him because he's working out in his backyard. This is how good his control is. While he's practicing his pitching in his backyard, he loses control of a pitch, and where does it go? Through the kitchen window. So, bottom line, this guy isn't a master of control. So, with that being said, wild would be an understatement for Joe Kelly. So, there was a benches clearing incident that occurred at Minute Maid Park in Houston this past Tuesday night. Dodger manager Dave Roberts was issued a one-game suspension. Don't know why. Houston Astros manager Dusty Baker was fined an undisclosed amount of money. Kelly threw a fastball behind Alex Bregman's head and later taunted Carlos Correa on the way back to the dugout. Well, let's hear from Joe himself. This is reliever for the Dodgers, Joe Kelly, and what led to his exchange with Carlos Correa. After my curveball, I guess I didn't take too kind to it, a, a curveball. Uh, I mean, it is what it is. You know, walked a couple guys, was able to get out of any, uh, finally made one good pitch for the punch out, and, you know, was able to keep the lead where it was at. So Joe Kelly, who has about as good a control as Dr. Fauci in that kind of ring, well, a little better than Dr. Fauci, but Joe Kelly has been known to be wild. So Just a bit outside. The ball got away from him, and it went after Bregman, a 96-mile-an-hour over top of his head. Then he throws at Carlos Correa. There's some breaking balls, all kinds of things. On the way back to the dugout, they had words. There's a suspension. There's now an appeal for the suspension for Kelly. Many people in baseball are saying, hey, the asterisks got what they deserve. Some people are saying that it shouldn't have happened. Some people say it should have happened. Joe Kelly said afterwards, my accuracy isn't the very best. After his 3-0, and 96-mile-an-hour fastball sail behind Bregman, Kelly threw four pitches to Astros first baseman Yuri Gurriel and later brushed back Korea with a couple inside curveballs after striking out Korea. Kelly made a pouty face at the Astros shortstop and walked off the field. So that's what was said there. Let's hear it from, of course, uh, manager Dusty Baker. Uh, of course, Baker not happy in Houston about what happened with Joe Kelly. Here's Dusty's take, who was a former Dodger, on reliever Joe Kelly. You know, balls get away sometimes, you know, but not that many in the big leagues. And, uh, you know, uh, you know, when you throw a 3-0 fastball over a guy's head, I mean, now you're flirting with his, uh, you know, ending his career. So Dusty Baker saying that he felt he has bad control, but not that bad. He's thinking his players are getting thrown at. Well, this is a theme, folks. It is a team, the Houston Astros, who basically robbed a world title and championship series as well. 
due to their cheating scandal, and the Dodgers are not happy about this, nor should the Dodgers be happy about this. The funny part about this Kelly situation, and people uh, that are defending him say this, Joe Kelly wasn't even on the Dodgers team that lost to the Astros in seven World Series game in the fall of that year. He was a member of the Red Sox team that was eliminated by the Astros in the first round of the 2017 playoffs. And then Houston went on to beat uh, and win the 2018 American League Championship Series. So when you look at him, he wasn't even a part of the scenario. But now they're saying, hey, it's all retribution. Don't get me wrong. This is not going away for Houston. They are a dirty club, have been a dirty club, and they've been proven to be dirty. And cheating the game, it doesn't sit well with the rest of Major League Baseball players. They're going to have some pound of flesh, and this is Joe Kelly's way of getting back. So a situation where the Dodgers, who won again last night, feel like, hey, we're going to get these guys come hell or high water because Joe Kelly not happy. And you've got some antics from the asterisks that I feel were I mean, they showboat a lot, and they do some things, and they kind of taunt the opposition. It's a situation where you say, uh, you know, what are they doing to the game? Uh, It wasn't like they were trying to slide something by people. They were actively, it seemed, taunting different people. Remember Bregman last year after healing a home run against the Nationals? What does he do down in the dugout when they have a camera on him? He puts four fingers up saying, hey, you should have walked me, and I wouldn't have hit the home run. Well, Alex they should have walked you because you knew what pitch was coming because you're getting drum beats in the outfield, cheating the game of baseball. Most major league players can hit a home run if they know what pitch is coming. And that's what happened to you and your cheating teammates. The Houston situation is a black stain on the game of baseball, a very bad stain. It looks terrible. It is terrible. And major league baseball is not forgetting. And I expect more players to get plunked this year and I'm sure Rob Manfred's watching it very closely, but in this case, Baker's, uh, you know, he's complaining about it, trying to protect his players. We understand that. But the Dodgers expressed a lot of public anger after the investigation about the Astros. Once they found that out, they said, hey, that's okay. We're going to see those guys, and they started seeing them. And now you see the situation unfolding in Major League Baseball. It's a mess, but it's a situation we knew we saw coming. We said, despite the COVID-19 and the fact that Major League Baseball started up, This is history, but certain people are not forgetting this history. They want to make sure they get their pound of flesh. It was all quiet uh, yesterday with the Dodgers 2-2 game, but uh, there was a home run hit in the 13th, lifting the Dodgers, as I mentioned, to the 4-2 win. Rios with a home run and the Astros and Dodgers. This game, uh, five hits for the Dodgers, eight hits for the Astros, 4-10 winner, final in 13. A situation that when you look at, there is no love loss here, and these groups are not going to get any better. I'm telling you this much. When you look at the game last night, 13 innings, uh, the win goes to Santana. He's 1-0. and He pitched 2.1 innings uh, to get the win. Uh, Sneed gets a loss uh, for the Houston Astros in this game. So the Dodgers at 4-2, and 2-0 and away are right where they were thought to be. They're right there cream of the crop in terms of Major League Baseball. Many people felt that they were going to take off and be one of the top teams, and they are so far so good for Dave Roberts in the Los Angeles Dodgers. They play again in this series in September. We'll keep our eye on that. And something Ben Maitland told me, how about the situation with the Baltimore Orioles and New York Yankees? When you say you have somebody's number, the Yankees have the Orioles' number. How so? Well, 
This per Ben Maitland, this is the 17th win dating back to March 31st. The last time the Yankees lost to the Orioles is an absolute disgrace is what's happened in this series. It used to be a competitive series, but this is a disgrace, and the Yankees just dominate 9-3. to three. They improved to 3-1, and one, and 3-1 and one, uh, away. Uh, you got Garrett Cole, 2-0, and 3.09 ERA. Wojciechowski, 0-1 for the Orioles, the situation there. But when you look at this Yankees team, as we said, same with the Dodgers. The Dodgers and Yankees, uh, the cream is rising to the top, folks, and these Yankees hitters are absolutely crushing the ball. Guys are just pounding the baseball and you've got the lineup with Judge and Stanton and Hicks. Uh, they are a powerful lineup, and these guys continue to take people deep. And the power of this team, uh, LeMayhew with a home run, Hicks had a home run, Wojciechowski had a home run, Judge had a home run, I mean, on and on. RBI 5, number 5 for Stanton, Giancarlo Stanton is really off to a fast start. We're going to take a timeout. We're going to come back. Uh, it's the NBA season underway tonight. We're going to talk about that. But our special guest when we return, it's going to be Tim Cosgrove, the outstanding president and GM of CMA Colonial Honda, one of our great sponsors. We can't do the program without. That's on the other side at the 11 o'clock hour. We are on 10 to 12 every day live. It's the Sports King alongside Ben Maitland. We are excited to be here on this Thursday, and we've got a major announcement about a guest. We've been promoting it. Coming up Monday, you don't want to miss. We'll talk about that and much, much more on the other side of the 11 o'clock hour. You listen to Sports King on Sports 1061. Hi, this is number five, former Washington Capitals Captain Rod Langway. And you are listening to Jamie King, the Sports King on Sports 1061. With 19 NCAA Division I sports and 84 majors, Coastal Carolina University affords student-athletes the competition and learning they crave. From FBS football to ladies volleyball, from championship baseball to ladies lacrosse, from business to theater arts, Coastal Carolina University offers a depth of learning both on the field and in the classroom. Eager ambition is a hallmark of students and faculty at Coastal Carolina University. Schedule a tour and learn more at coastal.edu. You're listening to a man whose future is so bright, he's got to wear shades. The Sports King on Sports 106.1. And welcome back, everybody. Thursday morning on the Sports King Show, hour number two. Hello, Facebook Live. Hello, everyone out there. London, England, Sacramento, California, Nashville, Tennessee, Orlando, Florida. Hello to all of you. And, of course, our fine friends in Central Virginia. We want to thank our sponsors for which we can't do the show without. Nerve, never underestimate Radical Vision. You can reach CEO Andrew Fisher and his outstanding team in Denver, Colorado. Good morning again, Denver, at www.thinkoutsidethewebsite.com. Graphics, web design, marketing plans, they do it all at www.thinkoutsidethewebsite.com. And by CMA Colonial Honda, they continue to keep lives moving forward. Go out and see for yourself. New cars, used cars, an amazing selection, which can be delivered directly to your door. I know all about that. President and General Manager Tim Cosgrove, who will be our special guest momentarily, has the best car selling team in the country. They will make it happen for you every single time at CMA Colonial Honda. What a selection they have, and they're ready to do the deal for you today. All you have to do is go by and see them, and uh, if not, they'll bring the vehicle to you. We'll talk about that momentarily with Tim. And by the podiatry centers of Dr. Paul Ross, if you have a foot problem of any kind, 
Dr. Ross and his staff will get you on the road to recovery with offices in Springfield, Virginia and Bethesda, Maryland. Join the over 180,000 people that have been seen by the best in the business. Dr. Paul Ross and the Podiatry Center. The Sports King Show features the Ross Rules of Foot Care heard here weekly to help those in need of foot care advice and assistance. And folks, it's a return to the Joe Mowgli Report brought to you exclusively by Coastal Carolina University. We love the Chanticleers here on the Sports King Show. Listen to the current chairman of TD Ameritrade who offers insight on life, finance and sports heard weekly right here on the Sports King Show. It's a return of the Joe Mowgli Report and a special programming reminder. Do not forget this Monday, our special guest, the actor Michael O'Keefe, who played Danny Noonan in Caddyshack, one of my all-time favorites during the break momentarily. Uh, we'll have Tim here, but I want to tell you just a few minutes ago, it was Ben Maitland who offered me a fresca. Those of you that love the Caddyshack movie know what we're talking about. Now we're going to turn to a guy that knows something about vehicles more than anybody we know. And this guy is the best in terms of customer service. He does it from A to Z, the best staff, the best team. And if you want a vehicle, there's nowhere to go but CMA Colonial Honda. Tim Cosgrove, our great friend who loves the WWE, by the way, joins us. Tim, how are you doing, buddy? Jamie, I'm doing great, man. Thanks for the intro. It always makes me feel better about myself. There you go. <laughs> there you go. Hey, uh, by the way, uh, this just for Tim Cosgrove. Could you give him a little love from LSU and Ked, Coach Ed Ogeron, please? Go Tigers! Okay, as long as uh, we know he's on board. Now, in Tim's office, he has pictures of him, uh, Ric Flair. He is a WWE fan, a wrestling fan. We know that about him. He's been to a lot of different events. He's been with Elton John. I mean, this guy has lived the life, folks. Tim, I know, to say the least, the last five months have been the word challenging would be an understatement as uh, we had such big plans for 2020 in terms of record-breaking numbers. And I know the one thing about you and your team, you're resilient. Uh, my buying experience, I've talked about so many times on the show, people know this. Uh, we were in need of a vehicle, and we called you, and it was the most pleasant, easiest, best buying opportunity that we've ever experienced in the whole experience from A to Z. Folks, it was like this. We couldn't get out of the house. We had family coming in and uh, babysitting situations and all kinds of scheduling problems. And Tim and his staff said, hey, no worry. It's me Clonyano. We move lies forward, and we're going to move your vehicle. Pick it out. We're going to bring it to your house. I said, "You got to be kidding me." Well, it was a Saturday morning, and he had his wonderful uh, sales lady come up with him, Karen, and she came up with him, and they delivered the vehicle right on time, perfect timing. Comes in the house, Tim. If I'm lying, I'm dying. Did you not come to my kitchen table? <laughs> Was it, what, half an hour at the most? You're in, out, and you looked at me, and I'm like, I'm waiting for the pain to come through because, you know, most car buying experiences are so grueling and painful. I'm like, where is the needle going to come? When's the pain going to come? You're like, hey, I'm done. You guys have a great weekend. And I'm like, wait a minute. There's got to be something else here. Where's the hidden trick here? Come on, Tim. And you're like, that's it. It's done. It's all over. And I'm like, Tim, was that not the best experience? I'm telling you, I, I loved it because, you know, most of the times you go buy a car you got to sit there, and it feels like war and peace, like a three-hour, four-hour, five-hour longer grind. But you're all about the customer aspect and getting the best process done as quickly as you can. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, you have to respect the research that, that people do on their own nowadays. Um, they, they, for the most part, know what they want. They just need to find the right place to do business. And we feel that the easier we make it, um, the happier our customers are going to be. 
Well, Tim, you've got the new cars, the used cars. I mean, what's going on right now? How have you been able to, the one thing about you, you're a motivator and you spread positivity. Uh, you've been in the past, you've had a few medical issues and you've told me about the value you place on your staff and your customers and how important everyday interactions are with people. And you love people. And the one thing about Tim, I will tell, I'm going to brag on him now. When I went there and I first met with Tim and my son knows Tim from years ago and he's always said, what a great guy Tim is. And he's a high character guy and he loves his people. He looks out for his people. I was waiting to hear Tim talk about first and foremost, the sales process and about uh, how many numbers of cars he needed to sell and what his uh, projections were and all this. But he starts talking. He talks about the person that's washing the car his outstanding team that's in there taking care of your cars about the front office personnel, everybody, but the sales to start with, then he added them, but it was everything about the unit and about the entire building that you talked about. And when I left there, I was like, you know, the thing that struck me the most was how vital every person is to your entire team and how much you value them. And I know they love you in return because you look at every person there is so vital and nobody's overlooked from A to Z there. And I know that's what makes CMA Colonial Honol so special in terms of place to be. Absolutely. I, I, I firmly believe that um, if you show somebody the job and give them clear expectations and then actually take a step back and allow them to do it, uh, they'll take ownership of it. And uh, that's, the, that's the group I have here. I'm very proud of them, uh, especially over the last few months uh, with, with the uh, added challenge of, having to sanitize and, um, you know, wrap the steering wheel and, and cover the seats every time somebody gets in or out of a, a customer's car. Uh, there's just a lot of things that have changed, and they didn't miss a beat. They, um, they kept up with everything. Uh, we've kept everybody healthy. We've been following all the guidelines, um, and we're, we're here to give everybody a great experience. Um, and we you also know, offer our experience online as well for those who aren't comfortable coming. And that's the thing about it. I've noticed online you have a complete uh, page dedicated and more in terms of your in-dealership cleaning, the bathrooms, the customer waiting areas, the kiosks, the door handles. You have every exit sealed in terms of making sure it's the best experience and the cleanliness is over the top in terms of all the things you're doing to sanitize and make sure everybody has a great, enjoyable experience. How has it been for you? And we hope this will never be a new normal, if you will. We want this to end as quickly as we can. But how have you and your team got through it in terms of your sales? How are things progressing? How are your numbers or things improving? Have, how are you feeling overall as far as uh, things getting better down there in terms of CMA Colonial Honda? Well, things are getting better uh, month, month to month. Things are getting better as, as uh, people are getting a little more comfortable, uh, uh, trusting that we're doing all the right things. Uh, sales have uh, maintained. Um, the service department is actually getting busier. Uh, we have over 100 uh, service appointments scheduled today. Uh, so that's a great sign. Um, but when you have that many people in and out of the building, uh, you, you have to make sure that they see that you're on top of it and that you're, you're, uh, you're cleaning every half hour on the half hour. Uh, and we have a schedule. And, uh, you know, everybody takes their turn. And, um, you know, even me, uh, I take my turn. So, uh, we all pitch in. Uh, we make our customers as comfortable as, as uh, we can, and um, you know they keep coming back to us. So uh, we must be doing something right. You know, one of the disappointments I had is I was invited to your 
cancer dinner that you do and all the great things in the community. You have done so much for the community. We were so excited to go to the benefit that you had planned. And it's so much more than just vehicles at CMA Colonial Honda moving lines forward. They do so many wonderful things. They've got the volunteer basis things that they do. They've got the helplines they do. They deliver groceries. You pick up prescriptions. You run essential errands for people that can't get out of their homes. Tim, the fact that you guys sell cars at such a high rate and you do such a great job at that, it's not just about the vehicles to you. It's always been, and every time we've talked, you've talked about your community involvement. And when somebody says they're a community member, some people just give the lip service to it. But you guys are always in the community, always looking to help others. And you look at it as a two-way street, not a one-way street, and you want to help the community. You guys are really leaders in doing that. Can you speak to that for a few minutes? Sure. It's um you know, a lot, of, a lot of companies talk the talk. Uh, I'm a firm believer in walking the walk, not that I stole that from Ric Flair. Woo! Um, but, uh, you got to put, uh, you know, hands and feet on the ground, and you got to get involved. And the only way uh, that you're going to be successful as a company is by building relationships. And uh, the more present we are in our community, the more we give back, the more we get back. And it actually comes back to us twofold. Um, we're in the middle of a... Uh, a fundraising effort with uh, St. Jude's Children's Hospital right now um, where they're, they're giving away a brand-new townhome up in Short Pump uh, with an uh, estimated value of a half a million dollars. Um, it's a pretty awesome deal. Uh, and along with that, uh, CMA, CMA's Colonial Honda uh, is giving away a brand-new Honda Accord uh, to the lucky winner. So I got an update yesterday. Uh, they had a sell-a-thon yesterday, and... Um, they have so far sold 930 tickets, which has raised at $100 each, which has raised $930,000 so far. All of which goes straight to St. Jude's Children's Hospital. And um, there's only 930 tickets left. So if you want to get on that bandwagon, uh, I'd get on it quick. Wow, 930,000 raised for Ben. Get that applause out, my man. This is big news here. 930,000 for St. Jude's, one of the great organizations out there. And I'm telling you what, an incredible job. And how many tickets are left now? 930. As of last night. And how can folks uh, get a ticket or donate or what? what's the process? Um they can go right to uh, the website, which is stjudes.org, and click on the home giveaway, and then click on Richmond, because they're doing it in other markets across the country as well. Uh, and they can actually see um, pictures of the townhome. It's absolutely gorgeous. Um, and let's see here. It has three bedrooms, two full bathrooms, 2,600 uh, estimated square feet, and it's up in the, uh, uh, up in the west end of Richmond. Beautiful. Let me ask you this. We've had your president CEO and well done. Well done. Thank you, Ben. Uh, we've had your president CEO, Liza Borchis, of course, not only employee owned and operated, but you have a female at the head of the table, somebody that is very, very talented. She's been on the show, very calming influence, a great leader. Uh, when you look at an employee owned and a, a female owned business, uh, talk about Liza, what she's brought uh, through these past few months, because I'm sure, Tim, you've seen some things in her from a leadership standpoint, because let's face it, none of us dating back to 1917, the Spanish flu have been through this experience. We hope to never go through it again. 
What have you learned about the president and CEO of Carter Myers Automotive in terms of what she's brought to the table despite uh, the situation that has been unforeseen and we've never gone through before? Uh, she's absolutely fearless, Jamie. Um, she has met this challenge head on. Uh, she has shown uh, such incredible leadership uh, as well as grace. Um, she understands the fears that, that uh, certain individuals may have surrounding the whole issue. Um, but she set down very clear guidelines. This is how we're going to operate. Uh, we are not going to miss a beat as far as taking care of our customers and our obligations to them. Uh, she has surrounded herself with an incredible team of people uh, and empowered them uh, to do their jobs as well. So I kind of follow her lead as far as that goes. And, um, you know, she's always available. She's available to everybody. And it, it, it blows my mind that she's got almost 700 associates all throughout central Virginia, and at any point in time, somebody can pick up the phone and call her, and if you don't get her immediately, you will get a call back. Boy, that's all, that's outstanding leadership. And, folks, CMA's Colonial Honda, 2100 Walthall Center Drive, South Chesterfield, Virginia, uh, sales number 888-490-4762. Any special promos you have going, anything for the weekend, Tim, we can look to from CMA Colonial Honda, anything you want to discuss or bring up for us? Absolutely. If you're if you're considering a new vehicle uh, and and Honda is in, is on your list, now is the time. Uh, we only get to use the word clearance twice a year, uh, and we're in that phase right now where we can use clearance on our 2020, on our 2019, and our 2020 models uh, because we have 2021s on the ground. Um, so the the deals are better than they have been. Um, come on down and see us, um, and and let let us walk the walk for you. Let us show you. Uh, how well we will take care of you and uh, go home in a new Honda this weekend. You can go home in a new Honda. Now, if someone says, wait a minute, I want to be like the sports king. I can't quite make it in, but we have the money. We have the finance. We have the ability to get the vehicle. Can you bring it to us? If need be, you can do that as well. Absolutely. It's all right there on our website. Uh, CMA's colonial Honda.com. Um, navigate your way through you can do the only time you would have to see somebody from cma's colonial honda is when you come to either pick up your car or have us deliver it to you you can do everything else online now that we've talked about your outstanding business one of a kind folks cma colonial honda now that we have tim on the lineup gotta ask because tim of course is a movie buff he loves music he loves movies he loves inspirational stuff this monday Michael O'Keefe from Caddyshack, who played Danny Noonan, our special guest. We cannot, we've been waiting for this. Your remembrances of Caddyshack, any, any particular character that you liked out of that whole scenario? And uh, what do you remember about that great film? I, I love them all. Uh, it's one of my favorite movies. Uh, but probably when, uh, when Danny was putting for the caddy tournament and the other guys were going, Mr. Noonan, Mr. Noonan. Noonan. <laughs> Noonan, Noonan. As a matter of fact, part. I think everybody that's played with friends that have been out on the course, uh, their buddies have always given them a little bit of the needle with the Noonan quote. That's one of them. And uh, Ben is an encyclopedia of quotes from Caddyshack. It's been fun listening to him in the background, as he says a lot of them. But uh, we're excited about that. But listen, you have been a leader in the community for a long time. And the fact that you are a leader there, I know this has been challenging times for you, but your positive attitude and the one thing you've looked and many people go into that survival mode where they're like, okay, we're only going to worry about us. But you've always been somebody that said, Hey, no matter what happens here, we're going to be 
uh, definite stalwarts in the community and go out and help the folks that need prescriptions and groceries and anything we can do to help everybody there. And when you say you're part of that community, you get, as you said, you walk the walk as well. Can you talk about the relationship briefly in terms of what you have with the community at large in terms of that Richmond community? It is just one uh, continual love affair because you love the people and they love what you guys do. So it's something that really is a match made in heaven for you guys. Yeah, it, it makes me feel good, um, you know, because a lot of, a lot of the, the functions that we are involved in are, are uh, annual. And uh, when they come back to us and say, would you be interested in doing it again, uh, and knowing that they can count on us to be there for them, uh, whether it's to sponsor a golf tournament or be there to help set up uh, for an event, um, they know they can count on, on uh, my team uh, to give them the help that they need. And, and that, that's a really good feeling. Now, are your hours, have they changed at all? Can you give the folks uh, in terms of what your hours are now uh, and going forward? Yeah, hours haven't changed. Uh, service opens up at 7.30 uh, every morning. Uh, sales opens up at 9 and stays open till 8. Uh, and we're here six days a week. The only day we shut down is Sunday. Okay, and folks, I want to let you know this. Not only did I have a vehicle delivered here, it's been perfect. We love it, every aspect of it. Uh, our producer, Ben Malin, he went in, he said, hey, I just went in and get some wiper blades. And he said they treated me with the five-star treatment. So, Tim, like I say, whether you buy a car or get wiper blades or anything in between, it, the, the fact is you guys all are first class. And that's something that we all appreciate about you. And we appreciate your sponsorship here on the show. And uh, we love working with you guys. And we're hoping and praying that uh, things turn around here in the third and the fourth quarter to the point where you have record numbers down the stretch and into a big 2021 because nobody deserves it more than you guys. And we can't thank you enough for all you do for us in the community. Absolutely. I, I really appreciate that, Jamie. And we're heading in that direction. Um, I, one last thing I'll say, and uh, this is just to honor the great movie Caddyshack and maybe brighten up Ben's day uh, a little bit more. Uh, I don't think the hard stuff's going to come down for a little while. I'd keep playing. <laughs> it's in the hole! <laughs> you know, you know, I'm not just an idiot groundskeeper, right, Ben? No. As far, as, far as you know, Jamie. As yes, far sir. as I know, exactly. But, uh, no, we don't think the hard <laughs> stuff is coming down yet. But, hey, we can't wait till Monday. Tim, we thank you so much for joining us. Man, you're, there's nobody better to lead that group down there than you, and you've got a heck of a team, and you guys are going to do great. And, like I say, we may have been knocked down, but just like the rest of America, we're going to get back up and come back stronger than ever, and, and you're the guy to lead them down there. We thank you so much for joining us this morning. Uh, thank you, Jamie. Thank you, Ben. Have a great day. You got it, uh, Tim Cosgrove. And I'm telling you what, folks. Uh, this guy is as quality as quality gets, and he will do it for you like he did it for us. And he is a guy that is in the right place leading that team at CML, CMA Colonial Honda, a guy that has big plans for them. And, of course, they have uh, suffered setbacks like most businesses have, but uh, they've rallied and they continue to help the community, and we are so grateful to work with them each and every day here on the Sports King Show. Going to take a time out, come back with the final half hour of the show and your phone calls, 804-327-0888. We'll be right back after these messages. Hi, this is number 65, defensive tackle Dave Butts, two-time Super Bowl champion of the Washington Redskins. And you are listening to the Sports King Show with host Jamie King on Sports 106.1. Let's get back to the guy who said where there's a will, there's a relative. Oh, you're listening to Sports King right here on Sports 106.1.
the great Tim Cosgrove. CMA Colonial Honda moving lies forward. We appreciate him. And how about that quote? The hard stuff hasn't come down yet. I like that. Reaching in his bag of quotes. Want to let you know, folks, that the NBA, otherwise known as the Association, gets underway this evening after four months away. Plenty of storylines, unanswered questions about the NBA's bubble restart at Disney's ESPN Wild World of Sports Complex in Orlando. One guy that's going to be ready to go is rookie Zion Williamson from Duke. Here he is talking about being ready to play. And we'll have that momentarily, but Zion has been talking about being prepared. He is prepared. We know he's prepared. One thing about him, he can go inside, he can go outside. He went away from the bubble. Now he's back. He's all cleared. He's in the running for rookie of the year. And you wonder if he's going to win it or it'll be Jay Morant from Memphis. But right now, here he is, uh, rookie of the year candidate Zion Williamson, about being ready to return to the hardwood. I think it's uh, what me and my team are going to look for, like what's best for me, um, my future, and you know, being safe. Um, but if you know me, I, I want to hoop. That's just, that's just how I am. I'm never going to change. Uh, I've done I'm, I'm going to want to hoop. As simple as that. I want to hoop. I'm a hooper. Zion Williamson, a hooper. In a moment, we'll hear from Anthony Davis. Anthony Davis, of course, a member of the Lake Show. He's ready to get it going tonight, of course, with LeBron King James. They're looking to make a run for the title. I don't know if the Lake Show has enough due to the fact that their guard play is in flux. They lost, of course, Ray John Rondo. They lost Avery Bradley, who opted out. And now it's J.R. Smith. You wonder if he has enough left in the tank to lead the Lake Show. They have the front line. I just don't know if they have the guard play to win it all. Anyway, Anthony Davis's thoughts on playing tonight, starting it all off in the bubble. Let's hear from the Lakers' big man. You know, uh, I get it, get evaluated again tonight by uh, one of the doctors here, and um, just kind of get an update from them. So that's that's the plan for for me to play. So the question about Adrian, you know, Anthony Davis, AD for the Lakers, and I've just got to ask you this, folks: What's your take on the situation with the eyebrow? I know that's his thing, where he has the one eyebrow that goes all the way over. And maybe it's my OCD or something along those lines, but it's just like, man, I want to go up and say, hey, man, get a razor, clean that thing up. But I guess that's what he's known for. But you wonder why. What about you? Are you in favor that Anthony Davis unibrow, 804-327-0888, do you like that one continual unibrow or do you like the division? I like the division. I like it to be. It's distracting when you're talking to him. You just look at that. You're not looking at his face. You're looking at the one continual, I don't know, maybe it's just me. But anyway, the NBA bubble restart is going to be today, tonight, and we're excited that the NBA is coming back. But I'm telling you right now, I've gone on record saying I think the winner of the NBA title in this scenario, in the bubble, will be Giannis Adetokounmpo and the Milwaukee Bucks 
I think they are the best team in basketball they were before the break. I think they're going to come back. I think he's ready to take them to the next level. And I think the Bucks will get to the finals. I think they're going to win the world title. And number 34 will lead the way. This guy is next level. Before the season ended, he was doing things. I saw him in one game take two strides from midcourt and throw it down. You tell me this guy doesn't take up some space. He is amazing. Then you've got LeBron James, another storyline, 35 years old. Seems like he's been there for 100 years. He has been playing at an MVP caliber level, and you wonder if he's going to be able to put the Lakers on his back despite the lack of guard play. Remember many years ago when the Lakers lost uh, some key members of their backcourt and Magic Johnson filled in. He was a center. He was also a guard. He did it all. But Magic Johnson uh, stepped in into a role that wasn't familiar. I wonder how much uh, of the ball will be in LeBron James' hand, maybe allow him to be more of a point guard, which he can do and has done before. James has a chance to win his fourth championship, his first with the Lakers, who have not won a title since back in 2010. That doesn't seem right, does it? 2010, that's a that's a 10-year drought for the Lake Show. It's been hard times at the Staples Center for the Lakers. The team that you might want to watch, a team that is built for the short haul in a short series, I think can really do some damage. It's the fastball, the lower uh Height guys, I mean, you're talking a, a group's not, uh, they're not super tall, but they kill you with speed would be the Houston Rockets. You got James Harden, you got Russell Westbrook, you've got firepower galore throughout this offense. And they've got um, that small ball mentality with speed killing you, and they can get out and they can really break and make things happen under Coach Mike D'Antoni. So would I be shocked to see James Harden? Uh, his prolific scoring in the 2018 MVP uh, winner winning it all? No. I mean, I think the Rockets are built for this. I think a shorter series and a shorter situation in this type of environment fits right into what the Rockets do best. So I think the Rockets are a team I've kind of circled as that dark horse that could win it all. The 76ers of Philadelphia, who were absolutely stellar at home, 29-2 and at home, here is the tale of two cities with this Sixer team. Think about this. At home, 29 and 2. On the road, 10 and 24. They can't win outside of Philadelphia. So herein lies a rub for me with this team. If they can't win outside of Philadelphia, how are they going to win in the bubble in Orlando? So Hopefully something will change. You're wondering if Ben Simmons is healthy, if Joel Embiid can be a dominant player that he wants to be continually. The Sixers are capable of a deep run, but you wonder about their ability to lose on the road and how frequently they did. If the fact that they can imagine themselves playing in Philadelphia and just kind of say, hey, we're in Philadelphia, even though we're in Orlando, maybe mind-wise get some psychiatrists down there to talk to them and some people to uh, hypnotize them into thinking they're in Philadelphia, they could win the whole thing if they thought they were in Philadelphia. 29-2 is remarkable. 10-24, and 24, not so remarkable. So you wonder which Sixer team will show up. That's the key there. So the Bucks are the team that I say will win it all. What's your take? 804-327-0888. Many people think it'll be LeBron when all the dust settles. But I think right now the team I'm looking at is the Milwaukee Bucks because I think the Milwaukee Bucks – you know, they have very few flaws. They have a ton of talent, and they've got a team that's made up 
of great complementary pieces, a team that can really get out, they can hustle, they know how to defend, they know how to go on the offensive side, they know how to pass the ball. They are so talented in so many ways that they can kill you on any different level in terms of what they can do. The Milwaukee Bucks, in terms of what their abilities are, it's vast. I mean, they can play the slowdown game. They can play the fast game. They can do it all. The Milwaukee Bucks are a team that's built to win, and they have great coaching. They have great talent. They are a team that top to bottom, I feel, is the best there overall in terms of what you're going to see. You've got, uh, of course, Chris Middleton, a great small forward, Brooke Lopez. Uh, you've got Eric Bledsoe, Kyle Korver. They've got the pieces, and they've got guys that can score inside and out. And I think with Mike Budenholzer, a coach that doesn't get a lot of credit, that should get a lot of credit because he's a guy that he's 50 years of age, and he has done an amazing job with these Bucks. Make no mistake about it. He is a great tactician. He knows how to get they call him Coach Bud or Bud, uh, short for Budenholzer. But he's a guy that knows what to do in terms of he was a two-time NBA Coach of the Year 2015-2019, a two-time NBA All-Star Head Coach 2015-2019. And as an assistant coach, he was a four-time NBA champion 1999, 2003, 2005, 2007. So when you talk about Mike Budenholzer and the Milwaukee Bucks, you're looking at a guy that spent five seasons as a head coach in Atlanta, and he spent 18 seasons with Greg Popovich in the San Antonio Spurs, and as I mentioned previously, won four NBA titles. So this guy knows how to play down the stretch. He knows how to get the most out of his players, and I think what you're going to find is his calmness uh, going through the experiences he's had is going to help this team really be calm when they need to be calm down the stretch because – it's a young team in many ways, but they are also battle-tested, so he knows they're ready to make this run. And I look at this team in Milwaukee as the team to beat top to bottom. I think they are the best and most talented team you're going to see in this NBA restart, which starts tonight. Now, what's your take? 804-327-0888. 804-327-0888. Do you feel... That the Bucks, as I do, will win it all. Do you think it's going to be somebody else, or do you expect it to be the usual suspects? Of course, when you look at the teams that are out there, Philadelphia, not so great, as we mentioned, away from Philadelphia. So you wonder how they're going to play, what they're going to do, how are they going to show up. But you wonder, when you see all of these teams, it really is going to be a race to the finish, and anybody right now, uh, if somebody opts out at the last minute, that could, you know, somebody may say, hey, you know, this isn't for me. I'm going to get out of here. You saw what happened with Bradley Beal with the Wizards. Of course, they're done before they even start. So you've got situations like that. But it's going to be interesting to see in terms of the NBA what's going to happen because you wonder also you're going to see all kinds of nuances that you haven't seen before as far as players are going to have identifiable seats where they have to sit in certain spots. And you wonder, uh, of course, the broadcasting teams are going to be off the floor with plexiglass around them. It's going to be a unique situation. It all starts on 6.30 tonight, the NBA restart, the Utah Jazz at New Orleans, uh, even though they're in Orlando. That's what the schedule says. Uh, Utah 41-23 and 23 before things stopped against New Orleans 28-36. and 36. 
Watch this Pelican team, folks. The young team, they are also a team that could shock some folks. I would not be shocked at all to see New Orleans make a run in this. Not saying they're ready to win it all, but I think they could scare some folks along the way. In the nightcap at 9 o'clock on TNT, it's going to be the Clippers, Kawhi Leonard's Clippers, and uh, they're going to take on the Lake Show tonight, Anthony Davis, LeBron James. That game tips at 9 o'clock. So if you are a fan of the NBA, you're going to get your fill. It starts tonight as the run for the NBA title begins in Orlando in the bubble environment, and, boy, they've really set themselves up for some success down there. As long as folks can stay on campus and stay out of uh, strip clubs, we feel they've got a good shot. We're talking to you, Lou Williams. But anyway, it's going to be interesting, but it all gets underway tonight. And, of course, in this game, the Pelicans are a three-point favorite over the Jazz and the Lake Show a four-and-a-half-point favorite over the Clippers. 6.30 start for the Jazz Pelicans, 9 o'clock Clippers-Lakers. Going to take a timeout, come back, Final 15. Take your phone calls as well, 804-327-0888. You're listening to Sports King on a Thursday morning. Hi, this is two-time Super Bowl champion cornerback Perry Williams from the New York Football Giants. And you'll listen to my great friend Jamie King, the sports king on Sports 1061. Hi, I'm Tim Cosgrove, president and general manager at CMA's Colonial Honda. Our goal has always been to make the car buying process easy. So when we couldn't serve you in person, we found a different solution. CMA's Easy Purchase. It's simple. All you have to do is head to cmascolonialhonda.com Select your vehicle, secure your financing, value your trade-in, and select the delivery location. CMA's Colonial Honda. Owners just do more. Visit cmascolonialhonda.com. Coastal Carolina University offers you the academic experiences you need to succeed after college. From marine science to computer science, from theater to music technology, from hospitality management to health administration, there is a place for you at Coastal Carolina University. With inspired learning opportunities in the classroom, in the field, online, and around the world, Coastal Carolina offers the opportunities to support and empower your success. Visit coastal.edu to learn more. Want to reach the Sports King? Call 804-327-0888. That's 804-327-0888. Learn it. Know it. Live it. And we welcome you all back on this Thursday morning. Thanks to our one guest, Cole Thompson, our NFL insider for the Sports King Show. Hour two, we thank uh, President and General Manager Tim Cosgrove, CMA Colonial Honda, and we thank all of you. We, of course, want to let you know one programming note. We'll get into his career a little more. But it's Michael O'Keefe, the outstanding actor who was one time married to Bonnie Raitt, the great singer. Of course, uh, we'll talk to him on Monday. And, of course, about Caddyshack and his outstanding career. Much, much more on your way this coming Monday. Programming note, please make a note of it. Want to let you know. The Major League Baseball schedule for today, 4.05, it's going to be the Washington Nationals at Nationals Park as the visiting team. You can't make this up, folks, against the Toronto Blue Jays. Nationals 2-4 and four against the 3-3 three and three Blue Jays. This game at Nationals Park under beautiful skies, 91 degrees here in the DMV. A Toronto favored a minus 142 over under 9.5 in this game. Probable pitcher so far. Eric Fetty for Washington, 0-0 in the year against Hin Ju Ru for 
Toronto also 0-0 on the year. At 5-10, it's going to be the Cubs at the Reds. Cubs 4-2, off to a good start. Against the Reds, kind of stumbled. I thought they'd be better out of the gate. This game at Great America Ballpark, Cincinnati, Ohio. 73 degrees currently in Cincinnati with some rain there. So hopefully they'll be able to get that one in at 5 o'clock today. Cincinnati favored in this one, minus 120, over under 8.5 on the hill for the Cubs. It'll be you Darvish, 0-1, 675 ERA against Luis Castillo for the Cincinnati Reds, 0-1, 1.50 ERA. Then it's going to be the Yankees looking for their 18th win in a row against the Baltimore Orioles at Camden Yards in Baltimore, 91 degrees. Beautiful weather there now. The Yankees 3-1, and one, Orioles 2-2. Two and two. The line is Yankees minus 230, over under 10.5. For the Yankees on the hill, it'll be J.A. Happ and John Means for Baltimore. At 7.07 tonight, the Indians of Cleveland 4-2, and two, doing really well out of the gate against the equally, equally uh, efficient blue, um, Minnesota Twins, who are 4-1 and one as well. Uh, the Twins are 2-0 and at home at Target Field, Minneapolis, Minnesota, 73 fun-loving degrees there. Minnesota minus 123 on the betting line over under 8.5. On the hill for Cleveland, it'll be Shane Bieber, Justin's cousin, and Jose Barrios gets the ball for Minnesota. Both of those uh, pitchers are very talented in that matchup. 7-0-7 is going to be the Boston Red Sox. At the Mets, City Field, the site, 90 degrees in the Big Apple right now. Mets minus 149 on the betting line. Over-under is 9. It'll be Martin Perez for Boston. Steven Matz gets the ball for the New York Metropolitans. At 710, the Rays of Tampa at the Braves of Ben Maitland. It'll be the Rays 4-2 and two at the 3-3 three and three Braves. Truist Park, and I know Ben's not fond of that one, at Cumberland, Georgia, 79 degrees. Cloudy skies, Atlanta minus 138 on the betting line, over under 8.5. It'll be Ryan Yarborough on the hill for Tampa Bay. It'll be Max Freed for Atlanta. At 7.10, it'll be Kansas City Royals 2-4 and four at the Detroit Tigers 4-2. and two. Comerica Park in Detroit, Michigan, uh, 77 degrees right now. Great-looking day for baseball. It'll be Kansas City minus 134, betting line over under 10. Brady Singer uh, for Kansas City, he gets the ball Ivan Nova for Detroit gets the ball for the Tigers. It'll be the Dodgers at the Diamondbacks. Diamondbacks uh, two and four. Dodgers four and two. In this game, the Dodgers uh, minus one forty-five betting line over under nine. Chase Field, Phoenix, Arizona. The site ninety-five blistering degrees right now. Nine forty should be cooled off by then. It'll be Ross Stripling for the Dodgers against Robbie Ray for the Diamondbacks. It'll be the Mariners at the Angels tonight. Nine forty. The Mariners 2 and 4, Angels 2 and 4, LA minus 190 betting line, Anaheim Stadium, the site, Anaheim, California, 69 degrees there now. Very cool, over under 9. Marco Gonzalez for Seattle goes for them. Dylan Bundy, former Oriole, gets the ball for Los Angeles Angels. 9.45, it'll be the Padres of San Diego, 4-2, and two, playing really well. Ben Maitland mentioned this to me, and they are playing well. 4-2 and two at uh, Oracle Park, San Francisco in California. The Giants, 3-3, three and three, the host there. Denilson LeMay for San Diego, 1-0 and oh on the year, 1.80 ERA. He's got off to a good start against Kevin Gausman, former Oriole, 0-0. Oh oh. So there's going to be the Padres and the Giants. That game, once again, 9.45. Postponed tonight, the Phillies at Yankees. They will hopefully resume that soon, but right now fumigation is still undergoing in the Phillies uh, clubhouse trying to get that place sanitized. 
and they will not play again till Saturday. And also postpone the Marlins and Orioles as well. So that's the situation there. Those games were all canceled. And now we want to throw it over to Sports King Sports Desk with Ben Maitland. He has an update on the St. Jude's Classic Golf Tournament and much more. Take it away, Ben. Thank you, Jamie. Good morning. Yeah, the WGC FedEx St. Jude Invitational gets going today out in Memphis. And it's the build-up to the first major next week. The PGA Championship, of course, will be held out at Harding Park uh, starting a week from today out in San Francisco. So you'll get some primetime golf, primetime major championship golf next week. This is a pretty big lead-in, though, to that next week. Uh, of course, again, as I just mentioned, the WGC FedEx St. Jude Invitational gets going at the TPC Southwind in Memphis, Tennessee today. And some of the things to keep an eye on. Your defending winner, Brooks Kepka. I believe that was the last tournament Kepka won on the PGA Tour was a year ago in this tournament. So it's a great field. Um, just uh, a CBS article kind of points out that um, some struggling superstars right now outside of the top 10 players in the world right now. The Arthur's not exactly sure who to trust outside of the likes of Justin Thomas, John Rahm, who just took over the number one spot in the world rankings, maybe a Rory McIlroy. Uh, Dustin Johnson, of course, withdrew from the last tournament that was played at the 3M Open. He carded a 78 in the first round and withdrew. Uh, he is in the field. I uh, just mentioned John Rahm. This is the first time in his career that he will play an event as the number one player in the world. Uh, we'll see what Kepka can do. I think he's got a nagging knee injury at the moment, last I checked, that um, I think is is kind of put a damper on his performances here in recent weeks. And, again, the last time he won a tournament was a year ago at at this event at the uh, the St. Jude Invitational. So it's a, it's a great field. It's a smaller field. The tee times uh, don't start until 12 noon, so they're coming up here in just the next couple of minutes when they will get going. And, again, as I mentioned a few moments ago also, this is the lead-in to the PGA Championship, the first major on the calendar next week, again, out at Harding Park in San Francisco. So pretty big two-week stretch here on the golf front um, and a lot of big names in the field this week as it is a World Golf Championship event uh, out in Memphis. One other thing that caught my uh, attention yesterday afternoon, and I'll, I'll throw it back to you and we can kind of maybe discuss this, Jamie, is some rule changes that Major League Baseball and the Players Association are considering for the remainder of 2020. Um, of course, it's been well documented what the Marlins are dealing with, uh, what the Phillies are having to deal with. The Phillies don't get back on the field until Saturday uh, when they host the Blue Jays up at Citizens Bank Park will be the visiting team in their own ballpark, much like the Nationals have been here the last uh, today and, and last night in D.C. when the Blue Jays have been in Washington. When the Jays travel to Philadelphia, they'll be the, the home team uh, taking on Philly. Philly doesn't get going again until Saturday. The Marlins are off until next Tuesday. Right now, every team has a 30-man roster. Uh, that was supposed to be in effect for the first two weeks of the season, if these proposed changes are enacted, they would be in place for the rest of the 2020 season. Right now, again, a 30-man roster. It was supposed to go down to 28 uh, after two weeks into the season, and then it was supposed to go down to 26 after another two weeks further into the season. This rule change would keep the rosters at 30 for the rest of the season. And then for any double hitters that are played, you would have one nine-inning game and one seven-inning game or possibly two seven-inning games. Again, that's for double hitters. I'll throw it back to you and get your thoughts on those proposed rule changes for Major League Baseball. Yeah, I mean, some of them are just you know head scratchers. I mean, the integrity of the game, I know it's unprecedented times, but doing double headers, seven innings, I mean, come on, it's two more innings, six more outs, uh, play the game. Play the game the way it's meant to be played. I mean, 
I don't know. I know they're trying to get as much in as they can, but to shorten games and from a historical standpoint, play baseball, nine innings. It's not softball. It's baseball for a reason. Keep it baseball. Keep it pure. That's just me being old school. And so, I don't know. It's There are a lot of things coming down, and I know a lot of things are being done for continuity's sake and trying to get it going and trying to make it faster and trying to get as much in. But uh, so many changes, man. And I know this is a year that all of us are experiencing things in terms of changes in the sports world and everything else we've never seen before. So I just kind of roll with it. Uh, 87 years ago, of course, the team that I followed uh, started a name, and this year we're now the Washington football team. And trying to get used to that. And uh, we were talking during the break. You said maybe the Red Tails. I said maybe the Red Wolves. I've heard everything in between. So who knows? So what's up is down. What down is up. And we're I hoping think for the it best. Have, it will have red in it in some capacity. That's my it'll guess. Have, thanks, Ben. Yeah, you're it'll have red, it'll, it'll have red in it. Uh, yes. I appreciate it. Or burgundy. I hope they at least have burgundy in it. Gold. At least something. Give us something to hold on to the old days. Yeah, and, I think the uh, color scheme will be the same. So I, okay. As far as the baseball front, to be honest with you, I can get behind keeping the rosters at 30 because it's such an unprecedented situation that is going on at the moment and how they're having to manage things with rosters and – Again, everything that's happened with the Marlins and them having to dip way deep into their 60-man player pool at the moment, I would be fine with the 30-man roster for the rest of the season, with it being just 60 games. Most get, most teams have, what, 54, 55 left at this point. Now that um, most teams are about six or seven games into the season. Uh, for the doubleheader thing, maybe I could get behind having one nine-inning and one seven-inning, but to have two seven-innings, I think that would be a non-starter for myself. That's just... Just my opinion on the matter. The roster thing, I can get behind the doubleheader. Maybe not so much. Thank you very much, Ben. I do want to let you know breaking news just came across that the University of Iowa has uh, found racial bias within their program. This could not be good news for head coach Kirk Ferentz and uh, their strength coach under all kinds of scrutiny right there. A lot of African-American players have been complaining through the years that it's a different standard there. And so I would not be shocked. I don't know the specifics, but from what I've read and what I gather that Kirk Ferentz could be in jeopardy there in Iowa. So we're going to wait and see how that uh, shakes out but the breaking news they have found that the university of iowa the hawkeyes have had racial bias within their program and that is ongoing we'll keep you up to date the rest of the week i do want to let you know that michael o'keefe the actor who played of course danny noonan our special guest this coming monday and make a programming note this guy we're going to get into it tomorrow heading into monday uh, we'll tell you more about some of the things he's been in. he's been in mash he's been in homeland he's been in roseanne he's been in house he's been in Brothers and sisters, he's been in Sneaky Pete, The Blacklist, Blue Bloods. I'm telling you, folks, you may say, I remember the guy from Caddyshack, and what else has he done? It'd be easier to tell you what he hasn't done, folks, in terms of acting. Versatile actor, he's been in so many roles, we cannot wait to have him here, as well as you know. Anyway, uh, we are tremendous slouches here on the Sports King Show, by the way. For Ben Maitland, who did an outstanding job today, and for Big Al, I'm the Sports King, Jamie King. Have a great rest of your day. We'll see you back tomorrow for the Friday edition of the Sports King. Have a great day, everybody. We'll see you then.